you're listening to the Home Staging Show podcast, I'm your host, Cindy Lin. This is a show where we talk about all things real estate, home staging, and selling your home to live in the sell. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 129. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show. So today on the show, we have Tisha. She's one of our winners from last year's International Home Staging Awards in the Luxury Home Staging Project category. And she's an interior designer based in Bangkok, but also does staging as well, which is slowly, slowly growing in Asia here. And in the interview, you're going to hear us talking about staging in Asia. It's really not yet very popular or very common because it's still a very different lifestyle here when people approach selling their house. People really only stage for the builders, for the investors, and also showrooms. So it's not really the same concept as we have in North America and Europe. People are only really showing doing their show homes or you know doing their model home units so you can tell that from our conversation the line between interior design and also staging is a little bit blurred in asia so in particular teacher's specialty is working with developers and also built to rent scheme and so i feel like her luxury home staging project was a very great example of that and we also talk about that on the show as well especially toward the end she shared some tricks on how she's able to make really custom looking artwork in a very affordable price point. And that's something I'm definitely going to steal in my own life as well. I think those are really good tricks. So make sure you listen all the way to the end. In general, I just think it's really fascinating to talk about different home staging business model and the way we approach staging in different geographic areas or, or different business models. So yeah, so I just find that really encouraging when we got winners from, last year we got winners from the States, from Italy, and also from Thailand as well. So I find that incredibly encouraging as a community to see how it grows in an international way. And so if you're interested in submitting into the International Home Station Awards this year, make sure you send in your projects as soon as you can because our early bird submission is open. It's going to close about a month or so. So even though you have some time, but definitely act fast. It's going to come sooner than you anticipated. You can go to homestagingawards.com to find out all the information and start planning out what you want to submit. And I really encourage you to submit early. You're going to also save on your submission prize when you submit in the early birth phase. So definitely take advantage of it. We're going to link the awards in the show notes as well. Or if you just go to stagemore.com, you will see a link to that also. And also, when you register for this July StagerCon, you're also going to get free project entries, especially if you're also part of the BIPOC community. We're also going to give you extra entries as well. So make sure you take advantage of that as well. And if you want to register for July StagerCon, we're still planning out the details. So there's not much happening at StagerCon.com, as you can see. We can start registering now. So yeah, go ahead, take advantage of both. You know, we do our best to try to push staging on an international level. It's really important for me, I think, as an educator and as our own platform to really push and then showcase staging and then showcase the transformation possible uh, when people are using staging in their listing process. And this is why we're doing the awards because we want to show as many different countries that staging exists. It's out there and it's doing great work and it's really helping homeowners or agents or builders to really get good results for their sale. And the last thing I want to talk about is we are actually working on a new pay workshop series that you can actually buy individual parts, but also or a series as a whole. 
on how to start your home staging business. So if you're someone who's looking to start a home staging business, this workshop series is going to be for you. And we are planning to roll that out somewhere mid-May or mid-July. And I would love to hear from you as well if you have any input or any suggestions or any things that you specifically that you want to hear about in a workshop space like that. If so, feel free to DM us at Stage More on Instagram or leave me a message in our Facebook group, The Home Staging Show. All right? So that's it for all our show announcement today, and let's get started. Hi, Tisha. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I'm really thrilled to have you. It was really exciting to see Stadia in Thailand. And so I was really thrilled that you won our International Home Stadia Award last year. So can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and also how did you get into staging? Hi, my name is Tisha. Now I'm 26 years old. I graduate as an interior architect. I studied for five years and I've been in this industry for two years. So my first job is I get to start with a startup rental management company in the UK, but I work based in Thailand. So the position was for like a lead interior designer. So they have all over the world, like UK, Paris, France, Spain, and they first expand their market in Asia. So it's quite nice to be in a start my first job as a company that are like worldwide. So I get to know what the market is compared to Thailand. Now I come out from the company and work as a freelance and I stage and design around like 60 to 60 homes now. Wow, that's amazing. What is real estate market like in Thailand? Real estate here, a lot of demand mostly are from expat and foreigners, but that's during before the COVID times. Now, during COVID time, it's quite busy for interior designers. So like interior designer would have a lot of work coming in during that time. So the condo, they have discount the property so much. So people would aim for high-end house and luxury condos in trendy neighborhoods because usually like people can't afford that area. But during the COVID, able to like get the huge discount. So a lot of buyers commit the deals during that time. So it's quite good. The nature for the condo here is that there would be 200 rooms in one building and it all looks the same. So my goal is to ensure that those rooms stand out from the crowd. So I need to know like how to enhance the beauty of the space. And also the size of the condo here is very small. So it starts only 30 square meters, which is very small. So not only to like plan the loom scheme, but also to maximize the function of each, every space. So that's very important here. And also the market here, we have to like work a lot with agents to get the work coming. Right now I'm working with a few agents that have been referring to me the work and I also give them commissions. So like it's a win-win situation here. Yeah, I think it's a bit tricky. I mean, the difference between you see staging in Asia where, you know, the square footage is a lot smaller compared to homes in, you know, North America where you get 1,800 square feet, where here most people live in condos, right? They live in apartments and usually they're very small. So a lot of things that we use, like furniture, has to be multifunctional, also to have different purpose or they're really easy 
more compact or easy to be put away in storage. You know, when the investor buy the condo here, the developers also offer interior design packages as well. So that's why like up competition for like a freelance interior designer like me, because we have to like set ourselves up or we offering better things than the developers. So the developers, they offer an interior package, like how we offer the client as well. But then they will get the client first because the client will buy from them and they'll be like, you don't have to go to interior designer. We just buy from us and then we'll discount for you kind of thing. Yeah. So it sounds like they're using their in-house designer to do that instead of using someone like you who is freelance. So how do you stand out from your competitors, basically? How do you market your service to make sure that you can compete with the in-house stagers within the developer? First, I would show them because the developers, they offer a package, but then that package would be the same as the other room. That's always the case. So every room will look the same. So if someone's going to rent a room, they will go to this website to like buy a room to rent. So all the room will look the same in this building. If like my service, it will be more personalized. It won't be the same to the other room. And also hiring a professional photographer is very crucial as well. I work with a few, few photographer, and it's quite a while till I find that one photographer. I don't have to brief them anything anymore. Like they all get the shots. Yeah, that's really important because your photos really stood out amongst your competitors in the awards last year was that your photos look amazing. I mean, they're really well shot. They're composed very well. The angles look really good. It really tells the story of the space and it really tells the personality as well. So it sounds like you already train your photographer on what shots to take. Can you share with us a little bit? What are you looking for when you're getting your photos? First is to not see the wires of anything. Make sure the wires are all kept when you take. And then I brief him like of the lighting as well. So I would go into the property while I do the design. And during that time, I will see like, okay, the sun would come through this window nicely. And then I'll remember this and then make sure he comes in by this time. The sun will come nicely and then you'll get this shot. Some people get the curtain on the side and it's a bit messy. So I make sure that it's perfectly neat. Or if using velvet beds, make sure like you rub your hands on the velvet. Make sure there's no lines or anything on it. And then also cushions. Some people would put cushions, you know, when the tip of the cushion on the so far so like trying to avoid that but also like have to work with a few photographer to see the difference because I actually see different from two or three photographers the lighting and also the quality because they also render and like add a bit more light to it as well I also like offer something different from like the other interior design which is my photographer he'll do like a 360 of the photo as well. So that's important during these like COVID pandemic time where you can't actually go to the properties. So like the photo, when you post on Facebook, it would see like 360, which is good as well to sell the room. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. I think the photographer is so key in the success of how the property is presented. And the other thing too, it sounds like 
you experience this as well. Like every photographer has a different style, just like every stager has a different style as well. And then so it's important to work with the one that you really like and like the way they photograph your work. I always like the close-up shot. He can like take a photo that feel like it's come to life when you just look at a photo and you can feel something towards the photo, not just like bland. And so it sounds like you work with developers quite a lot. Do you also offer other services as well? It sounds like you also do private clients. Oh, yeah. So I do developers and private residents and also investors as well that are like not related to developers. And so is home staging very common in Thailand? I would say like a lot of people still don't see the value of it here. It would be quite common for developers for the show unit. They really like decorate the show unit a lot. But for the home owners, they don't see enough value in it. So like, I feel like I have to show them the difference and the numbers to make them like convinced that if you put your money in this thing, you will like get back at like certain numbers for them. Need to show them case studies and like, Need them to see the pictures and number. Yeah. I understand that very well because I'm from Taiwan and I live in Taiwan at the moment. And people really see staging really it's just for the model homes, for the developers, for yeah. the buildings. They don't really see it for regular residential homes. So it's a bit of a hard sell here in this yeah. local market. You know, in Asia, that's the way the, the structure of the industry is set up. It's that people really only see the value for developers, but they're not seeing it for the common household yet. So it's really important to actually convince them to show them that difference, you know, what the case study will look like. How did you find out about staging in Thailand? It sounds like you also work with agents a lot. So how do they feel about staging? So agent would like to refer because they get commission from it. So every time the client come to buy a property, I would contact the agent of that developers. So when you go to a condo, right, there will be a this developers and this agent would belong to that developers. But you can also contact them directly as well because they're also freelance. So they would refer it to me and then they would really convince the client on the design. They would say, oh, if you work with Tisha, you would get, like, your room would rent out very fast, like this and that. Like, they would help me work throughout the process as well. So that's pretty good. Is it similar to the States where agents in Thailand, they also get a commission when they sell or rent out the unit? Yeah, they get that also. Yeah. So it's a really good incentive for the agent to partner up with a stager or interior designer to make sure the house looks great before it goes on the market. So every time I go and do a new project in like a new building, I always leave my contact to the agent downstairs. Or sometimes there's no agent downstairs. Every building has a juristic or a concierge service. You can also leave it there. They would recommend the client back to us as well. I think it's really about word of mouth, especially in real estate. You really have to build that network and then really talk to so many different people to make sure that they know what you do and then they can refer you as well and they know your information and they can talk you up to potential clients. And I think one of the things that's really impressive about you is that, well, first of all, I love your staging. I thought it looked beautiful yeah. and I know you work for a builder. It's a really cool together unit. 
And then so I also know that you have an interior design practice and that you also have a retail store as well. So how do you balance all these different practices together in your professional life? So starting the retail at first, I think right now I'm doing interior design home and my job is to select the furniture for my client. So why not open my own furniture stores and let the client select the furniture from my own shop because I would deal straight from the factories anyway. When I do the design for the client, I'll pick the furniture straight from my shop first to them for an option. So that's how like I sell the stuff through them. So like they like an extra markup on it. A balance because it's still in the same process. I'm still doing interior design, but can also sell the furniture as well. Yeah, and I think that's really smart because you can also market your furniture to your builder as well. Because obviously, if they're building model homes, they need furniture too. And then why not? They can just come to your showroom and then look at all the stuff and then pick it right there. Yeah, but right now I'm doing just online at the moment. But mm-hmm. I want to open like a warehouse bit where I just put all the furniture there and then they can come and choose them. Yeah, I'm really intrigued about having this online stores. What was your process of setting all this up? How long did it take you to plan out everything and also decide the look and feel and the products that you want to sell? Oh, it take one or two months around mm-hmm. that. And then I discussed with, because I leave the company and with my boss and we come and do it together. Yeah, so like, just going consulting back and forth, asking friends, sending them like what they feel about it and then edit it back and forth until get the final product. Right now I'm focusing more on the intro design now, but less on the retail design. Yeah. It can be tricky, I think. It's so many different pieces that you have to juggle with different businesses. I think it's it, it can be really tricky to balance it all. Yeah. But it's fun. It is really fun. I think it's really exciting. And I think that's the thing too, is that I think as a business owner, you really have to figure out what is the strengths of your business. And then also what are some of the things that you can really dive into? I think it's a really good idea actually to go into resale because, you know, you're already introducing product to your clients, your developers or to your private clients. So why not just, you know, make that markup in the middle where you can make a little bit more income through selling them furniture. So I think that's actually very smart. You're already buying wholesale. You have to order a certain quantity anyway. You might as well just sell the surplus. Also, props is good to resale also because I would like to go to a furniture store and a lot of props are on sale. I would buy and then keep them in my like storage and then resale it in like a markup price. Good to like, yeah. buy and keep. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about, I think, building passive income and also building multiple streams of income. Because I think, like you said, there is an ebb and flow with the season. You know, there are going to be times during the year that you're super busy with design work or with staging work. But there are going to be seasons where you're super slow. You know, usually holiday season is where stages are a bit slower. So then you might do other things like holiday decor or whatever it is to offset the balance. So what is your process like when you're Um, working with developer? Before going to the developers, I would make the packages ready for them to choose because they're like the volume is a lot more than the owner. So they're ready to pick like A, B, or C and like pitch them with these mood boards and stuff and make sure like 
each mood board ABC can be applied to each room. Pretty much give them the show them case studies that prove that which home have utilized like use this service and could increase the occupancy level and the marketing. Like give them numbers of like how many percent yield they will get this and that. So when you're working with builders, usually how long does that process look like for you? Usually for one unit, it depends if the furniture is ready made. It would be around fourteen days because you have to order the stuff. But if it's customized furniture, thirty days for one unit. So but it sounds like. Are you just doing one unit for the model home? Or are you doing all the units in the building? Not the whole unit. For example, they'll give us like five rooms, and then these five rooms will be done in fourteen days, or thirteen days, or ten days, depends on the packages that they choose. When you say room, do you mean one apartment, or you mean just one room, like one living room? Oh, means one apartment. So one room is one living room, one bedroom. Yeah, so they're just going to give you a few units to do the model home, and that's the ones they show. So you will pitch three different move boards for the individual unit, and then they choose whichever package that you, you offer. Yeah, because sometimes when they before they give the room to me, they also have a client waiting to rent that room or buy that room already. And the client would tell them what they actually want. And then they would tell me, okay, this client want this style. So can you like customize to what the client needs? So before for sale, they already have someone waiting to buy it. Already. So sometimes it's easier when have someone to like tell you what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so I love the way you use colors. And I think it's very bold and very sophisticated. And I'm, I was looking at your Instagram and your work. I think who you are as a stager and also an interior designer comes across very clearly. So how did you find your signature style in your work? So I would say to not be afraid to try or experiment new things because I compare my first project to now, a lot has developed. So I start by using a bit of color. So first I'm like very neutral and then I add just a bit. And then I see what the client feedback comes back. And there's a lot of good feedback when I use color and it gets rented out faster than like the neutral room. So maybe it's the nature of the people here that they like a more like pop out colors, more bold. But I knew that neutral color palette would appeal more to potential home buyers. But sometimes it's not always the case. I think I want people to have a different experience in their home, like something different but special. And I also want to make this as my signature style. Like if people come and to work with me, they'll get like something different out of it, not just the same room from the other. Yeah. There's specific things that are in your signature style. For example, maybe you use this certain color palette all the time or you use this type of texture. Like what exactly is your signature look? Every time I do a whole blue room, it always sells so quick. I don't know why. <laughs> and then the client will request this back again and again. Like this one whole room, it's a bed that is like in a navy blue and the curtain is in blue as well. And the artwork is in blue. But when you put together, it pops up so well. 
I think this color, it's quite unisex as well. You can sell to family, you can sell to a couple as well. Yeah, and I think also there are different shades of blue, right? There's different tones and stuff. It looks more layered. I also like with the photos that you submitted as well. I mean, yeah, I just really love the way you put that colors together. You know, the gold and then that that really crisp green in the background. I think it really makes it really pop. And then mm-hmm. also incorporating texture of the peacock as well. And I think that's also the other thing too. Like you talk about something about culture. You know, like I think people in Thailand are. More open to really strong colors. They're really open to you know a very big range of colors that so you can really punch in the colors. Whereas I think staging in North America, it's definitely a little bit more neutral, a little bit safer, and a little more toned down. And so I think that culture difference is also very important to see. I think with the house, it's nice when it's neutral because it would feel more cozy and like it doesn't make you headache too much. <laughs> Because <laughs> mainly condo, so like I think maybe the look and feels are different. People come and rent; they will stay one to two years, not like their whole life. I think so. That's already different. Yeah, and I think also with luxury market, it really needs that wow factor, you know, because <laughs> it's a little bit then like a regular residential home. Most of the time, luxury market, especially the it sounds like the units that you were staging. They're really targeting people who are only going to live there for a couple of years. So yeah. they're okay with big, strong, bold colors. And they're more open to those kind of things. So when you're working on a project, how do you figure out your color palette and all the other elements like texture, patterns, and finishes that you want to use in the project? So when I get a new project for Thailand, each building have a story. When the developers have the story of that building, for example, there's the project that I did that that I submit. Their story is that so the show unit is very very bold. It uses like furniture from Jim Thompson, like a high end brand, and then they they market themselves as a very bold luxury building. So if you're gonna do a unit for rent or for sale, you can't be less than the show unit. You have to be competitive with the show unit. So each building. I will always have to go and look at the show unit first to see how they arrange their space and then how I could adapt to my client's space and then make sure that you're not less than the show unit, like still like balance it. I'm really intrigued by this story. I think that's actually really important. So what is the story like for these buildings? Is it really about the person that they want to target to live there? Can you tell us a little bit about these stories? So, for example, there's one unit that they build it up and then they build it by this one designer and then he would have his signature style. So everyone would come and buy this unit because of him. And then he would have signature style, like a big frames, something oversized scale. So everything in the room is oversized. So that's like, a signature style that people come and buy. So when you get this unit and do for your client, you would adapt his style, but then add on to your style as well. It's kind of confusing. Yeah. No, I think that's really fascinating. And the reason why I ask is like, I used to do visual merchandising in stores and I work for this company called Anthropology, and specifically they have stories. They divide up the shop, like the entire store into five different sections. 
and each section has a personality or a story attached to it. So, you know, maybe the person in the front, her name is Hazel and she's a textile designer and she loves using yarn, like knitwear to create patterns and textures and stuff. So then all the clothes and accessories in the front section will be very reflective of who Hazel is. So they will have a lot of texture, a lot of yarn, a lot of pattern, that kind of thing. And so I think it's really interesting when you talk about how each builder has a different story for each building. And I think that's really fascinating that you're almost catering to that personality. And that's also the target audience for their potential buyers as well. So I think that's really interesting. Where do you get your design inspiration from? Usually I would go to like the design website and a lot is from traveling, like from hotels. So every time like going to hotels, I would look at every detail and then, oh, they did this, oh, they did that. And then take some photos and also visit different show units helped. So if during the time that I'm more free, if there's not a lot of material work going on, I'm not sure if you have a house village, I would go to a new house village and they will give you like a tour of the house unit. So you can just go in and look at the show unit of different places and leave them the name card to the agent. The big developers, they use their in-house interior. So it's quite good to actually know like what are the stars at the moment? What are they up to? Or like they do a lot of build-ins. So we can just go in and look for like ideas as well. And if they're already using your in-house person, do you still try to get in and see if you can work with them? Yeah, because they, they have in-house, but somehow they also hire like outside interior design as well. I think they were quite like overload, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point because I think one of the things that people often kind of limit their own self before they even go out and get jobs. They're like, well, they already have their in-house designer. Why do they need me as an, an stager? So I think that's really good to hear is that maybe their in-house designer is already overloading or maybe you don't know, like maybe they're tired working with their in-house designer. They want something fresh. So they want to hire someone freelance to come mm-hmm. in to work on the units. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool that you also look at hotels because I think hotels are really actually kind of similar to doing developers' homes because with hotels, they all have different personality as well. You know, they all have their individual story. You know, like you go to Ace Hotel versus the Ritz-Carlton, that's two very different demographics. And so the design, the color palette, the pattern, the the visual interests you're going to use in your design elements are also going to be different based Mm -hmm. on who your target market is. So I think in a way, it's really good. I really love to look at different design inspiration. I find traveling is a really good one as well because you can see how different people use different textures and patterns and they can be very different than your market, but you can definitely go home and experiment with it and see how your clients like them. And so what else do you do to find your signature style other than looking at inspirations? How do you keep honing your craft and then making sure you're bringing it for your clients? I think I would keep exploring more so Right now, I'm trying to like using a lot of color contrast, but right now I'm playing with a lot of, because my furniture store, I do a lot of marbles as well. So I'm exploring how like marble connect with pair with stainless, marble pair with steel. And then if you can play with marbles with some other like other accessories, because like I do a lot of features wall that put in play with marbles. 
and Thai people really love marbles. Every Congo in Thailand, I would say, all of them have marbles. That's true. Also, I think for Taiwanese people, we like marble everything. Even in the elevator, there's marble floor. Yeah. <laughs> but it's then like a very common thing. Who, like, just look the same if you can like play with it along with it. I try to like don't stop my signature style as okay. You come to me because you just want gold colors. I want them to have explore more of other things I can also offer to them as well. Play with it and like enjoy it. Do homeowners feel hesitant with marble furniture because the maintenance can be a little bit higher than the other building materials? Sometimes, but I will always tell them like I would have, you know, that spray you can like yeah, like a protecting finish on yeah. top. Yeah. Like make sure if you don't have water on it for too long, but then yeah, you can't help if that happens. But still there's like I outsource a team that like if marble breaks, they can fix them together or like if they have any problem, they can just call in. Especially marble in kitchen is a bit tricky because I remember working on a photo shoot and the homeowner had this really beautiful, nice marble countertop they just put in. But for the styling, we put some lemonade on the table. And once we took them off the marble counter, they left these rings, like the water rings on the marble and we couldn't wipe it off basically. And then we had to like hire someone to come in to repolish it. So yeah, so I think in the kitchen, it could be a little bit trickier in terms of the maintenance. Yeah, need to be careful a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely beautiful. I love marble as well. But I think for me, like my own home, I'll be very scared to actually have marble countertop because the maintenance part of it high maintenance as well (laughs) yeah but it does look really good let's talk about the project you submitted so tell us a little bit more about it so i know it was a high-end condo in bangkok and you did it for a developer was that right uh no that was a investors he has been working with me since the start since i was still in the company he hired me like separately it's a friend of friend referred it to me and then have been sending the work throughout and then he buy this place and it's already been renting out I think for two years two years contract and then he's looking to sell it in the future and then I know his start because me and him has been working for so long he's been sending me his house and then I know that he like bold colors he tell me he like blue and green like he knows what he wants. And then he said, Tisha, can you just make this happen? But I want blue and green. First, I didn't pitch him the green wallpaper. I just tell him, oh, just put just one side. But then like as we consult and then change the design, he just said, I want like my room to pop out. I want it to go bold. Can you like put everything green for me? <laughs> yeah, I did. And then adding more of like the artwork and then talking to him like I know what he likes when I talk to him and then like just craft it out to like what it is and we yeah. get a good feedback from agents so agents bring in a lot of people to look at the room and then get a lot of good back from them and also have people like contact to use the place for like an interview I think online or something an agent interview that like to sell the home. So that's yeah. quite good success. 
Yeah, no, it's a really beautiful unit. So did you do everything? So was it completely empty when you come in or did you guys remodel as well? Because I noticed the appliances and all the cabinets were quite new too. So it's empty except the kitchen and the island. Yeah, did you repaint everything as well? No. Oh, it, it was wallpaper. Everything was wallpaper. I feel like when you use wallpaper, the finish is more neat and there's the wallpaper have texture to it. So when you go in, it feels different from the paint. Sometimes paint is good, but like for high end, I would prefer using wallpaper. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I do see there's lots of blues and greens in this unit for sure. But I think it works really well because I think blue and green, they work together really well. And they're also very unit sets, like both men and women really like that blue and green interior. I think in general, it just reminds us of nature. So it's very soothing. It kind of reminds you of this ocean and the mountain as well. So in general, those are really nice colors to use in design, also in staging. When I was staging, I used a lot of blue and greens as well. <laughs> if you look at if you look at our warehouse, a lot of stuff, there's like definitely a lot of blues and greens and also pops of yellow, which I also saw that you used as well. And I also love the gold finishes because I think a lot of times I don't know. I think the Asian kind of aesthetic is like people like to use a lot of gold yeah. because it's auspicious, it's good fortune. But I think sometimes it can look really tacky. But I think the way you use it is very successful. It looks very sophisticated. It looks very high end. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to use gold sometimes if it's like put gold on gold on gold because, yeah, it can be tacky sometimes. I try to like, okay, mix with some other tops or like accent piece to make them look like not too much but there's something there and i also love the artwork as well i think you've got some really beautiful pieces of artwork like there's one photo in that green bedroom where you have that two like that pair of gold green and then also strings of blocks on it as well it's really quite beautiful and it works so well for that bedroom so those pieces, are they custom made or you're, just, you're really good at sourcing at finding these type of unique pieces? If artwork is doing home staging, I always recommend using a canvas and then put the frame on the side because it's so so light and easy to store. It's all custom. So you can go to, you know, Shutterstock and then you'll find all my artwork is from there. And then you go to like the shop that prints the canvas they will buy the photo from there and then print it for you so i would have a million options for artwork and that's, that's such a good tip yeah <laughs> so like no i love that from shutterstock there's actually any website that sell the photo you can go there and send to the shop that print photo on a canvas and then you can actually custom the size of the canvas and then you'll like add the frame on the side because printing on canvas is a lot cheaper and doing custom artwork like this is a lot cheaper than buying artwork from the shop. I and love that tip. Get what you want. Because I always like before buying artwork, I always check does it go with the bed, wallpaper and the cushions. Yeah, because it all looks very well put together. And I think that's really impressive because I would not be able to tell this was from Shutterstock and you just print it at a print shop because this looks just super custom. It looks super high end. And I think it's because you pick the right image from Shutterstock.com and then you 
we're able to just determine the size that you want and you can tell the print shop of how they should cut it and how they should frame it. And so this is actually much cheaper to produce than buying something already made. And also yeah. if you wanted to make it more premium, just buy a paint yourself and paint the same color on the artwork, make it a texture out of it. So that would look like very premium somehow <laughs> right away. Just like adding texture on the canvas with real paint. Oh, I love that. That's a really good tip as well. Because I think, yeah, you're right. That really will make it look super custom, especially if the same color is yeah. inside the artwork as well. It just looks like you created it just for that space. And yeah. I think that's what will make the atmosphere it look so much more expensive than it actually is. Yeah. That is a really good trick. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I used to work for Ralph Lauren to do visual, and that's what we used to do. We'll take royalty-free stock photo and we'll print them and put them in frame. But I actually never thought about painting on top of it as well with the same colors you already have in the yeah. space. I think that is genius. Yeah, like I think that can mark up a whole lot more to that painting as well. Yeah, definitely. I think people think markup is a dirty word, but it's actually amazing because it helps to protect us as design professionals because we need income to build our business and then so it's important to find ways to kind of build more cushion for us in the project it's such a beautiful project and also I, I think you're really good at pulling the space together and looking at it as a whole but also picking individual finishes that really work together because I'm looking at your bedroom photos for example you use a lot of mirrored side tables for nightstands and I think that is also really successful because, you know, in the living room, you see the gold finish, you see that reflective surface. And then for the coffee table, for example, you use these like transparent kind of legs as well. So it kind of works in different spaces. There's a lot of mirrors as well. There's a lot of windows. So I think all in all, it's a really successful project. It is really well, beautiful put together. Thank you. <laughs> And again, I think this the photograph as well, like having a professional shot really makes a huge difference because in some of the scenes, it really tells the story of the unit because you can see the exterior, like outside the window, what it looks like. If you just do shoot it on your iPhone, you definitely cannot get that either. Like a photographer would need to do post-production to stitch those scenes together in the background. So yeah, I think all in all, this is a really beautiful project. I'm just thrilled that we got your entry because I thought when we're doing the awards, I wanted to be truly international. So I really was thrilled to see your project, to see like Thailand representing, because I think staging really is not talked about very often in Asia. Yeah. It's definitely part of our lifestyle, you know, like only really model homes are staged. So it's really nice to start seeing more and more kind of the Asian stagers representing <laughs> in this space. Oh, because I saw you on Instagram and I was like, does this group exist? Like, I never know. It's a thing because we don't have that here. And I think it's good to like have it and then share it to like other people as well because I'm doing freelance on my own and sometimes it's frustrating. Like, do I do this right? Is it globally aligned to the others as well? Is it, do I charge too less? Do I charge too much? That kind of thing, like, for here no one shares it because there's no community here so i admire what you're doing like it's really good 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think pushing for staging in Asia is a little bit harder because staging really developed in North America. And then so even now with the industry, even in Europe, like a lot of people are still looking at how Americans are doing it, which is awesome. But at the same time, it's that there's also that loss in translation, you know, like market is really different in Asia. You know, in Taiwan, for example, like me and my mom, we just pretend we want to buy houses. Sometimes we go in and look at the builders model homes. And they're gorgeous. They're like, <laughs> they're like pieces of art, you know? But the thing is, the interesting thing here in Taiwan is that the developer buys the plot of land that they're going to build the building on. And then they build the model home first. And then once they sold all the units, they will tear down the entire building of that model home and to build the actual building. But the thing is that most end product that the clients actually bought they look different than the model home, sometimes very different. And so in a way, it's kind of like false advertisement. I don't know why, but nobody ever complained. People just take it as kind of the industry norm. So it's really funny. Like we go to all these model homes and then we see the product after. It just looks really, really different. So it's really interesting. So I think staging is definitely a harder push here in Asia. It just people are not used to that lifestyle. But Hopefully one day we can really elevate that and then really help to push for the market here in Asia. So before we end the show today, so what would be the number one tip you'll give to home stagers when it comes to finding their signature style? I think it's the same that I said before that going to hotels and visit different show units helps. And for me, it's that always find that wow factor for yourself. When your client go in to buy or if it's for sale, you want to go in like, wow, I want to be in this space. Think of it as you're living there and then what's the wow factor you want to put there, but also put in your style in it as well. So something that's like you find yourself what you're the strongest that you want to put in there. And I think like just have to keep exploring try new things like don't be scared to try because like I just try everything <laughs> just like play with it like I think to have fun along the way and don't stress too much yeah no I love that thank you so much again for being on the show this was amazing thank you so much so that's it for today's show thank you so much for listening if you want to help and support the show there are three ways to do so you can leave a review and rating on iTunes you can share the show on social media or you can donate to support the maintaining costs for the podcast. You can make a donation through the show notes or on the sidebar of our site. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging. Happy staging.